This is the Foundation Station with Bishop Clarence Harris, where we discuss apologetics without apology. As we continue to look at church history, we must also not negate the fact that the church was not birthed in a vacuum. It was birthed in a religion, a world rather, filled of religious practices. To make history and religion very simplified, there are only two religions in the whole world, and every religion in the whole world came from these two religions. The first one is patriarchal Judaism, and patriarchal Judaism began 4,000 BC, which is 6,000 years ago. It ranges from the covenants that God made with Adam all the way through Jesus Christ and his apostles, and especially Peter, culminating with the Petrin doctrine delivered in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 38. The second, of course, world religion or religion in the world is Babylonian mysticism. Under the schools of Babylonian mysticism, we get the schools of Egypt, Hindu schools of mysticism, the Zoroastrian schools, the Hebrew schools, the Greek and Hellenistic schools, all creating new systems. Later, Roman Catholicism will fuse all these together to establish a new Babylonian order. And with its later counterpart, Freemasonry and the Kabbalah under Jewish mysticism form a one world religion. But all these schools are uniting. And as they have developed throughout history, their direct opposition to the schools of light, Jesus Christ, and the illumination given by his holy apostles and prophets as revealed throughout the Old and New Testament covenants. And again, the church as we do it today of Jesus Christ, the biblical church was established on their Pentecost. First, the Jews came in in Acts 2. A Pharisee named Saul came in in Acts 9. The Samaritan half-Jews came in in Acts 8. The Ethiopian Jew, African, he came in also in Acts chapter 8. The Gentiles came in Acts chapter 10, 11, 15. And we also see that the conference of John the Baptist came in Acts chapter 19. We see that 3,000 souls were saved the day that the church was established, but 3,000 souls were damned the day that the law was given, giving you a compare, compare and contrast between the two covenants, the old covenant and the new covenant. However, the teachings of the apostles did continue on through many groups, including the monotheistic monarchians, the Donists, and also oneness Pentecostals even until this day. So the gospel of the kingdom that was preached by the apostles had been kept alive and preached throughout the centuries, but hidden in historical textbooks of Europeans who branded the teachings of the apostles as heretical, even though it is the truth as proclaimed by the Jewish apostles and the word of God. They have made the word of God a non-effect by their traditions, and they reject the word of God, therefore damning their own souls. What we have seen throughout history is a battle, a battle of truth versus error. The Apostle John speaks of this matter in 1 John chapter 4, verse 5 and 6. He said, They are of the world, therefore speaketh they of the world, and the world heareth them. But we are of God, referring to the apostles, and he that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God, he is not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. The spirit of error has permeated the church world, creating so many different denominations throughout history. 
the Roman Catholic Church in 311, under the auspices of Emperor Constantine, created this great delusion by bringing in all the teachings of Baal and the schools of Babylonian mysticism, it corrupted the church world of the Western world and almost the entire world seemingly forever. For multitudes, our history of perish, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Rome's twin sister, the Greek Orthodox Church, came about in 340 AD, and from it, it has splinter groups into Africa, the Egyptian Coptic Church, the Armenian Orthodox Church, the Russian Orthodox Church, and the parent church, the Greek Orthodox Church. Either way, the Orthodox Church would control Eastern Europe, most of Asia, and also Russia, whereby the Western Church will permeate all of the rest of the known world, the Americas, North and South America, the Caribbean, and also the South Pacific. Vietnam, Southeast Asia, the Philippines will all be invaded by Roman Catholicism. So Rome will populate the world. However, in church history, as Rome began to spread its deadly venom of apostasy and wickedness and the counterfeit Christian religion around the world, there came a great revolt. In fact, it's not the first revolt of history. The first revolt against a major religious sect was Buddhism. Around 600 BC, Buddhism was in revolt against the caste system of Hinduism. And from Buddhism, we get a multitude of other isms, such as Sikhism, Confucianism in China, Monism, and other groups that broke away from Hinduism because of its contradiction and also exclusiveness of those who would get to heaven. Well, this happened also roughly 2,100 years later in Europe when Martin Luther led the revolt against Roman Catholicism. The German in 511 nailed his 95 complaints or theses on the church of Wittenberg, Germany, and from 511, the German, German Protestant Reformation began with Martin Luther as his head. Even though all the Protestant churches would go back to the Bible and break away from Rome, yet the tenements of Rome were still in them. They all rejected the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. They all continued to baptize in the titles Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Some would sprinkle, some would pour. The Baptist Church was one of the groups that would, of course, sink people all the way in the water, the Anabaptists, of which they were killed and their heads cut off, lying in the streets of Europe and mocked by the other Protestant organizations. The Anabaptists, also the Quakers, would come to the U.S. in the 1590s and settle there. What we have here is a schism, a revolt against Rome by her rebellious children. Lutheran Church was the first, started by, of course, Martin Luther as they protested. That's why they're called Protestants against the Roman Catholic Church. The Anglican Church was the Church of England. King Henry VIII wanted a divorce, could not get it from Rome, so he established his own church and cut off several of his wife's heads. King Henry VIII was the founder and the head 
of the Church of England, the Anglican Church. This was in 1534. The Presbyterian Church, John Calvin and John Knox of Scotland, they began to teach the Presbyterian doctrine. And in the Presbyterian doctrine, they began to espouse various beliefs about predestination, that God is already predestined and there is no choice that one can make because everyone is already predestined their eternal fate and that is established by God. The Anabaptists in their roots were also called dissenters and separatists. John Smith and also Roger Williams in 1638 will help lead the movement for the Baptist Church, especially in America, in 1638. Roger Williams in Rhode Island will form the Baptist Church in America. The Methodist Church under John Wesley will come about in the year 1725. All of these, again, are children that rebelled against the tenets of Rome, their mother, but kept many of her traditions. In the 1830s, other groups would even rebel against them. But there were many more Protestant groups, including the Puritans, who first settled in America in 1600 with John Endicott. And the Puritans rebelled against the Church of England, came to America for religious freedom. We have also Mino Simmons in 1533, the head of the Mennonites, also settled in America with the Quakers in Pennsylvania and the other parts of our country. In 1740, there was a great revival that happened in America. It was called the Holiness Movement of the Great Awakening. It was one or two such movements of repentance in America for many of its deeds and activities that were done to one another, to the Native Americans, and also for some, even for African descendants who were brought over as slaves. We also learned there was another movement, a rebellion against the Protestants. I call this the post-Protestant movement. From the year 1830 to 1950, many groups will come about rebelling against the Roman Catholic Church and the Protestant Church, and many of them embracing occultic beliefs. And many of the founders were Freemasons as well, such as the founder of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, William Miller. The Jehovah Witness, Charles Taze Russell, was also a Freemason. Jehovah Witness, of course, did not believe in hell, and they believe that the archangel Michael and Jesus was one of the same. They also did not believe in a resurrection. Ekin Carr, Paul Twissell, in 1965, he believed he was an ascendant master, which is fusing Eastern metaphysics with the Christian belief. Similar to psychic healing and Dianetics and psychic healing done by the Church of Scientology around Herbert, Hubbard, excuse me, in 1952. In the 1840s, the Church of Christ, Thomas and Alexander Campbell, uh, very racist in their foundational beliefs, also came against many of the doctrines of the Bible, like all the other post-Protestants who roughly came about in the 1800s and also some even as late as the 1950s. But all these groups, as they developed, they escaped the wrath of Rome for in 1090, Pope Urban, Urban II, launched the first crusade against the heretics, both in Jerusalem and also against, he killed Christians, other Christians, the Orthodox, 
and Muslims and Jews. Pope Urban, the Crusades. There were several Crusades that lasted a couple hundred years. The Roman Catholic Church also launched the Inquisition to persecute and kill all those who came against them and challenged their doctrine, burning over 70 million people at the stake. 70 million people accused of being heretics, burned, murdered, executed, tortured to death, including in 1490s, Queen Isabella and King Ferdinand of Spain brought the Inquisition and persecution against the Jews to the extent that by the 20th century, when Adolf Hitler began his persecution of Jews, there were hardly no Jews left at all in Western Europe. Because of persecution for centuries, they had all moved to Eastern Europe, and it is there in Poland where half of all the six million Jews were killed by the Nazi executioners. And so what we have is Rome, her children, the Protestant churches have all come together now in these last days to form a one world church. However, I must also include another group. These are the latter day Pentecostal movements that began as an offshoot of the Azusa Street Movement in Los Angeles, California in 1906. This movement was a revival of the tongue-speaking movement, Pentecostal, charismatic, and all the groups that we know through televangelism today who market themselves very effectively to the masses, especially to the former Protestants who are now also receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. This is part of the latter reign of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost before Jesus returned in these last days. The Pentecostal Assemblies of the World was the first of these groups that adopted the apostolic message and the baptism of the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, and the baptism of Jesus' name. However, another group with them, also called the United Pentecostal, which is the white group, they broke away from the PAW because of racism and practices the Jim Crow and segregation laws in America the Holy Ghost is not sufficient enough to keep these churches together because the issues of the flesh rather than the spirit bound many people, even though they had the potential to be liberated by the spirit of love that was supposed to be in them through Jesus Christ. Also, two other groups broke away from this movement and they were Kojic, Church of God in Christ, a black organization, and the Simmons of God a white organization. These were Pentecostal groups that broke away from the Zeus movement and from the PAW as well. But the Sims of God in Kojic, they kept the baptism formula of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost similar to the Trinitarian method used by the Roman Catholic Church and all the Protestant forefathers. So there we have it. We have a system and a brief history of church history showing how the Pentecostals began the church, they were Jewish, and then the Gentiles came in. And the Gentiles came later and began to conquer the church, and the conquest began under the Roman Empire. Rome set up its systems and of substitution and idolatry, and it had a sister church in the Western Empire 
across and the Eastern, that was the Greek Orthodox Church and the Roman Catholic Church. They spread throughout Africa and in Russia and in Eastern Europe. But Rome spread it worldwide. Rome also introduced slavery. The Jesuits in Portugal brought slavery to the country of Brazil. It was a Jesuit priest by the name of Bartolomeu de las Casas that suggested to use Africans instead of Native Americans as slaves. And so the Roman Catholic Church was the one to introduce African slavery to the New World. With all these things of persecution and the Babylonian traditions and pagan practices of Rome, her children had enough and European countries revolted and they began to rebel against Rome, creating their own denominations. But as they divided over the doctrines of the Bible, because they went back to the Bible and did no longer follow church tradition of Rome, papal bull, or the teachings of the cardinals and the bishops. They began to use the Bible as a primary source, but with every man coming to his own understanding without the Holy Ghost and leaning up on his, upon his own doctrines and cultural beliefs, it began to splinter and like dropping a piece of mercury on the ground, it scattered everywhere till today. There are over 45,000 Christian sects in the world today. But Christ is coming back soon, and the gospel of the kingdom that he said in Matthew 24, 14, he said this gospel of the kingdom, yes it will, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached, that was preached by the apostles in the first century, will be preached to bring natural Israel and spiritual Israel back into one fold. There will only be the church of Jesus Christ and the church of the Antichrist in these last days. Because all of the denominations in the tribulation will be dissolved. Because persecution is going to be the best and the worst out of people. And the Lord will about to take his church through the white cycle to shake the hell out of those who are totally contrary to his word and bring them into compliance and bring them to repentance. He will bring them to their knees. He will tear down their idols. He will destroy the denominational systems because persecution, war, war, global famine will call the churches in the types that are listed in the book of Revelation, chapter 1, 2, and 3, to repent of their sins. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. In particular, the church of Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, and Laodicea, and Sardis. They must all repent of their sin and obey the gospel of the kingdom. The last days that we're living in is setting the stage that God is going to reconcile heaven and earth unto himself. In Acts 3.21, it's called the restitution of all things. He is about to allow Satan to come down to earth to be judged. He is about to allow all wicked men to become fiercely angry with him that he would judge all of the wicked, both angels, demons that have rebelled, Satan, and his whole hierarchical structure in his kingdom, the kingdoms of men in all religions, in all denominations that reject the counsel of the New Testament and the authority of the New Testament apostles and prophets. We are told by the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 and 6, 
that we are to bring every thought and every imagination to the obedience and captivity of Christ. We have not been told and allowed to lean up our own understanding because every philosophy and every ideology of man shall soon be judged. The word of God, his counsel shall stand. Who will be able to stand in the Lord's day when he judge all inhabitants of the earth according to his word? In John chapter 12, verses 47 and 48, he said he came not into the world to judge the world, but through him the world might be saved. He also said that the very words he has spoken, the saints shall judge us in the last day. It is paramount that every person who call upon the name of Christ, who profess that they believe in him, go back and search the scriptures diligently and see that they testify of him. They must go back to the foundation that is revealed in Hebrews 6, the foundations of this gospel. Go back to the foundation that was declared by Joel and the apostle Paul and the apostle Peter, especially Peter on the day of Pentecost. The same gospel that was declared by John the Baptist, who said, I indeed baptize with water. He preached the gospel of repentance. Repentance and turn away from your sin, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. John, however, went on to say that there's one that come after me, who's mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear or to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Now that you have had a quick synopsis of church history, of Rome and her children, the Protestants, the post-Protestants, and the beginning of the church, the Pentecostals, even until this day, it is imperative that you go back and look and find out from your pastor and your church organization when they began, what is their doctrine of salvation, and also who was the founder of the organization. And if so, when you find this information out, do it compare and contrast and ask these basic questions. Do they preach, or your organization or church for affiliation, the gospel that was preached by the Jewish apostles during the first century? The book of Acts is the only history book in the New Testament. We have four gospels, all the others are epistles written by the apostles, and the prophetic book in particular the book of Revelation. There you have it. The history book. Study the book of Acts and you will see the things that I am saying are true. It tells what the first century church believed for the entire first century until the apostles died. Today, it is written and codified in a book called the Bible. Search the scriptures and find out for yourself but thus saith the Lord in the context that they wrote it. Not your understanding, not your bishop's or pastor understanding. You will meet Christ one day and you have to meet him for yourself. Search the scriptures and see that the Bible does not put the apostles against Jesus because the apostles, they were the ambassadors of Christ and they proclaimed his holy word and they wrote the New Testament for us to know what we must do to be saved and how to come into his kingdom and abide in his eternal glory. So I pray this has been a good help for you as you understand church history more clearly. 
Study to show thyself approved. Be blessed. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching. We encourage you to subscribe to this podcast and automatically receive our next teaching on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or any other podcast platform. The Foundation Station with Bishop Clarence Harris is made possible by the support of listeners like you. If you'd like to bless this ministry with an offering, please do so via the Cash App by searching hashtag Foundation Station. That's dollar sign, Foundation Station. Thank you, and God bless.